Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, maybe it will be our year, but we don't know how or when, if that's going to start. May 28 is still the date predicted. Um, there's a big announcement this week for um, how Supercoach is going to change or be adjusted uh, for the hiatus that we've seen in COVID-19. Also, the NRL draw uh, is still to be announced maybe next week as well. So um, lots of uh, things up in the air, but nonetheless, we're going to keep kicking off with our lockdown series. And today we're speaking about the Eels, and it's Wenin here and JT, of course. How are you going, JT? Good, mate. Never miss a pod. Uh, long weekend up in beautiful sunny Queensland. How good is it? Long weekend, just sipping on a James Boga Tasmania's beer. What's going on? Yeah, I should, uh, should have announced that you and I can see each other, but our special guest can't. Um, do you like the shirt? Do you want to describe it? Well, well, it, it's a floral um, <laughs> number. <laughs> it's a very loud number, one of the loudest ones. Anyway, all good here. It is. It is. Okay, and we are joined uh, this week by, I don't really know what to refer to you of, is it, is it Carlos, is it Dwarf, is it Andrew, is it Milgate? I don't know, but he's our resident Eels fan. He also writes uh, buy, sell, hold for us and has done for a number of years. Uh, Andrew, Carlos, how are you going? I'm going well. Thank you for inviting me to the pod this week. It's nice to be on one. Um, it's my first one without Nick as well, so it's good to be on the uh, pod with uh, the real star of the site. Uh, it's also good to have you along as well, Wenon. <laughs> ah, very good we're starting with those ones already yeah. i just wanted to also add that um you did leave something out of my um acc- accolades at the start there you did happen to leave out that i was the uh, 2019 young legends champion Ooh, gee that's all right we can we can all just keep living in the past mate that that's what you want to do that's fine that's a serious competition though the old young legends weren't we running like fifth or something overall at one stage yeah, we will. It's about time that Joe's wife didn't win this one. <laughs> Shout out, Mel. I do hope, in- sorry, I was just going to say, I do hope that it wasn't my beating of Nick in the grand final last year that made him leave the site. Uh, no, I don't think it was. Uh. I think yeah, I think there's other stuff. But anyway, he's um, he's well, he likes to say now that because of him, the NRL's fallen apart uh, first <laughs> year out, and uh, and it's and it's all done. But no, he's moved on. Um, I think over ten years with the website for him was more than enough, and wants to focus on other things at the moment. So that is all good. Um, so we're going to kick off with uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, for the Eels as we look forward again with a little bit of hindsight to um, two thousand and uh, and twenty uh, and how they're going to go super coach wise. But before we do that, we're going to start a new segment which we're going to keep going each week now and. We're going to try and get a, a new a new guest onto the podcast. Either JT and I'll be here, Benny G, a couple of the other boys as well. But uh, Milgate or Carlos or the reigning young legends um, champion, you're not too frequent on, so you're, you're classified as a guest. 
to us. So we're going to start with our new segment with you, and it's called The Hospital Pass. So for everybody out there, you might not know uh, Carlos that well. So we're basically just going to ask five questions to get to know the guest a little bit better. Uh, are you ready to start, Carlos? I am. I, you'll have to apologize. I have to apologize if my mic cuts out during any of these questions. <laughs> Already, they're That's not. A- they're not that bad. It's nothing bad yet. We had, I, uh, I can smell a. Um, I can smell a. To use a rugby league parlance, an ambush coming. <laughs> well, can't, can't be as bad as uh, Stasi's postman Pat rendition, but still forgetting that one. <laughs> All right, let's start with the first question: uh, Animal Farm or Japanese wrestling? Uh, you mean Animal Crossing? <laughs> yeah, that, that one. Yeah, uh, probably uh, probably Animal Crossing at this stage. Ah, all right. Second question: Eels win the premiership, or you never beat winning again, Supercoach? Oh, I have to be Eels win the premiership. I've been waiting thirty years for it, so I probably beat winning any time I need to. So I'll take the Eels winning a premiership. Oh, the shade, the shade. Uh, one night in a hotel suite with the Queen or Junior Polo? Probably Junior Polo. Really? Mm. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be nice. pretty pretty interesting fellow to talk to. So just just to put a little bit more into that, you, this is a complete dominatrix seduction thing as well. You're you're getting dominated here. So would you like to to pick again or not? No, I'll stay with my original answer. How do you know? Right. The, how do you know that the queen isn't a bit of a dominator? <laughs> well, I don't think she'd 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 be. Uh, I think you know, given her advanced age, I don't know how um, late she'd be able to stay up. <laughs> All right. Fourth question. Um, Unlimited, unlimited Animal Crossing coin or your kids? Oh, I'd have to be my kids, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Can't live without Interesting. them. And the last question, uh, how does it feel to know that you were cheated out of a premiership by the store? I try not to think about it. Um, that's probably the easiest way. I mean, in, in, my, in, my, in my mind, we were champions and that's, that's all I need to think about. Well, you're not. Well, but I mean, obviously, in, in reality, we aren't. But if I think back to 2009... Uh, we won the grand final. Everything's good. Well, well, that's not what the records say. I don't think anyone won it that year. Yeah, well, that's fine. The past is in the past, as you said. Let's uh, keep keep looking forward. The Eels are on, uh, on top of the ladder at the moment, and hopefully they'll stay that place, stay that place for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, you have played the Titans, so you've got the easy one out of the way. We'll see uh, what happens uh, going forward. <laughs> yeah, it was quite disappointing that the season ended when it did because the Eels' next game was coming up with the Cowboys, and that could have been anything. Could have been another 50-point win. Uh, home ground advantage, <laughs> Yeah, well, don't, don't angry the cowboy. Uh, no, that was going to be our big blowout game. This is going to be harking back to the days of 2015. I think, what was it, the comeback that I watched the other day? 36 down, we came back. Always love a good eels choke. Round three was destined. Yeah, yeah. I've, seen, I, I've seen plenty of them, so I, I probably don't need to see another one. <laughs> All right. Well, starting with the eels, and let's finish off the podcast with the eels. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, Andrew, let's kick it off with uh, the good for the Eels. Uh, maybe not for the first couple of rounds, but what you're looking uh, for going forward, particularly from Supercoach, uh, I think there's one guy in particular that's at the top of your list. Uh, yeah, there's one guy I think should be top of everyone's list, and that's Ryan Madison. Mm. And? Go and on. I wasn't sure if you were... You I'm going to spoon feed you here, Chair. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I'm, sorry, I'm used to working with Nick, so... I, 
it's a little bit different here. Um, so oh, I mean, the empty ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's had a really good start to the season. He's changing from the uh, Tigers last year. Hasn't dented his scores anyway. Uh, he has a 52 and 48 in base stats for the first two games. If you add in his power stats as well, so tackle breaks and the like, he's had 62 and 66, and he's played basically the full game in both rounds. Just came off a few minutes at the end with the Titans uh, game well and truly secured. And the last time he scored, either of you guys can remember the last time he scored below 50 points? <sighs> a couple well, of years? Maybe, well, yeah, 2018? Yeah, last round of 2018. So he's probably the most consistent player in Supercoach as well. So really pretty much should be in every, t- every team. It's hard to imagine that he's only 15% owned at the moment. And I'd have to think that most people who've got David Fafita might be looking at trading up to him. Yeah, it's, it's some good points there. I mean, I mean, the reason why I probably didn't start with him and, and JT can talk to this in a minute but was because he is a little bit unsure of how he was going to fit into the side with Sean Lane already being um, you know, a pretty big minute uh, back row forward. But um, what well, average 79 minutes per game this year, scores 62 and 86, base points 50. Um, you know, he shaped me up as being a legitimate uh, premium second row forward must have uh, JT. Yeah, I was the same as you. And so at the start of the season, he's got Nathan Brown sat there, Sean Lane there, um, big super coach output kind of forward. So where he came from at the Tigers, he was um, sort of the biggest name in that pack, did a hell of a lot of work. Uh, so I had a lot of doubts, a lot of question marks coming into the season. Um, could always be that first couple of rounds. He's trying to make a name for himself there, show that he belongs. Um, so I would have been surprised if he did start quietly. But uh, yeah, the numbers don't lie. 627k or 6k though uh it's a little steep i'd like to see a little bit more uh long term his price isn't going anywhere so just with the Fafita injury there uh andrew i don't know from all i've heard it just seems like he might miss the one game is it is it a little bit more severe than that oh i I think there's conflicting reports i remember reading something from nrl physio that said it could be uh, could be up to 12 weeks so that would mean he'd miss probably the first couple of games of the season so um i am i haven't seen anything in the last couple of days that confirms that but um i've been just think just that was in my on my mind not thinking that fafita might be out for a couple of games um possibly bringing in madison i mean i guess it all depends as well whether or not we get a season reset or we continue on with what's happened from round one and two um there's no sort of I, no call on that yet so that may influence a lot of these discussions later with people with low break evens was the uh the chief broncos stalker say wilfred <laughs> <laughs> i haven't actually heard what wilfred said about fafita i think he's been too busy uh looking after jack bird Yes. <laughs> oh, TLC Wilf over there. <laughs> um, I mean, when I was doing the the good, bad, and the ugly list, I, it was pretty much only Matto that I could sit, lock in as a legitimate good. Um, you both had Brown, uh, Dylan Brown, and, and Moses going huge against the Titans, but um, I think both of those guys scored. Uh, well, I know Moses scored poorly in the first game, and I think Brown might have scored mid forties. Um, or below that. Uh, so, was there anyone there from either? We might start with you, JT. Anyone there from the Eels that you classify as in the good category, and so on? Basically, a player that uh, you would want to bring into your side um, if you were to start from scratch all over again. Uh, not necessarily. I don't think looking at that list, there's been anyone that set the world on fire uh, that we didn't expect to. So, you did mention Mitch Moses, very quiet first game, uh, bounced back in a big way against the Titans. Similarly, Dylan Brown, but. Um, a guy here who some might be looking at just for the uh, fact he's averaged, averaged 66 is Junior Paulo, uh, the guy that 
uh, Andy would rather spend a night in the honeymoon suite with. Um, so he's had an average of 66 from his two games. It's pulp Fiction with that one. <laughs> but he uh, did get a try assist and line break assist against the Titans, so that sort of blew his score out a little there. So uh, he's sort of uh, one of those mid to high range, high priced uh, front row forwards. But yeah, outside of that, nothing that really excited me. I think the uh, the bad and the ugly is a little bit more interesting. What about you, uh, Milgate? Yeah, I mean, on Junior Paulo, he's had some really good scores in the first couple of rounds, but his base stats aren't that great. He's had, I think, 42 and 44. Um, that average would probably put him about 20th for front row forwards last season, so he's not a high base player. Um, and if you look in that sort of price range, about $50,000 cheaper, you could look at Alex Toll, who's been putting slightly higher scores on. So I'm not that keen on Junior Paulo, but I'd be keen to see a little bit more, more of him um, moving forward. And just on Mitchell Moses, I'm a currently a Nathan Cleary owner, so I'm just sweating on his possible suspension. Um, so if he is out for a couple of games, I'd be certainly looking at bringing Moses in. Yeah, that was a really, really good point you made earlier. I mean, is there any light at all as what's happening with Cleary? Um, I haven't heard anything other, other than from that one-game suspended um, sentence he got and, and a large um, suspended fine as well. Sorry, I thought when uh, late last week when the video came, a second video or the second imaging came out, um, that there was a talk that they might be revisiting his his penalty early this week, but um, I haven't heard anything yet. So it could be me just speculating, but um, I'm certainly just keeping an eye out for it. Yeah, not sure. Not sure there. JT, anybody else from you, mate, or should we move uh, on to the bad? No, let's get to the bad. Could, could I just go back to Dylan Brown for a second? Go for it. I mean, I think... Dylan Brown's an interesting one. He's only 428K, so he's a little bit awkwardly priced. Um, he does have a negative break even again, so if his season doesn't reset, he might go up in price. But when he came back from his back injury last year, over the last eight rounds, he averaged 50. And if you look at the uh, semi-final win where the Eels won 58-0 over, um, who was it again, Wenham? <laughs> Cop that. I don't I think, know, mate. Don't okay, know. Well, it's it in, remember what he said about not living in the past? That's fine. It doesn't matter who he played. He, he had 99 in that game as well. So he's a fantastic young player. He's not 20 until, I think, June. So he's got he's got a very, very good game, and it's a very super coach-friendly game at times. So he could be uh, an interesting pod. He's only 5%, 6% owned. I think there's just some issues with fitting him in with the likes of Scott Drinkwater, Jerome Luai, and George Williams also sitting in 5-8th. Um, so he's actually Brown's actually the highest-scoring 5-8th eligible player at the moment. By yeah, average. So, so I've got a question. Maybe, um, uh, well, Brown missed, as you said, a, a lot of last year. Um, how do you think his inclusion uh, will impact on um, on Moses? Um, Moses obviously had the, the breakout year last year, but um, played that main the main role uh, without any other supporting act there. Um, do you do you see that it's going to have a big impact on Moses's uh, SC output this year? I don't think so. I mean, you've already seen from the Titans game, they both managed to put up big scores. Uh, so I don't think it's a necessarily a one or the other. Um, I think it really depends on who they're playing. So a lot of the focus for the Titans game was going on the side that Bryce Cartwright was defending. And I think that's part of the reason why Ferguson didn't uh, see much of the ball. Um, but the other thing that could influence that too is you c- could have um, Clint Gutherson possibly playing a little bit of hooker as long as Reed Marnie's out. So he might – his um, – the fact he's not chiming into the back line as much could also put a little bit more on to Moses and Brown to create for the men outside them. Yeah, so how long's Marnie out for? Um, he's out, again, it's a sort of a, a weird one. He's got a Jones fracture, which NRL physio says is 
quite a difficult injury to heal because it doesn't get a lot of blood supply. Um, Aaron Woods had one last year, I think, and he hoped to be back in eight weeks, but it ended up being 12. So 12 weeks would put Marnie out till mid to late June. Um, so, yeah, it could be a month maybe. Yeah, and it also brings up the the point of who's replacing Marnie. Um, there's some talk of Ray Stone filling in at Hooker. Um, seems to be have the um, confidence of Brad Arthur, but even if he does fill in at 201k, he's probably only going to get one or two games, maybe price rise if that. And Marnie's going to come straight back in. So, um, despite there being possibly an opportunity there if Marnie doesn't play, uh, it's really not going to be super coach relevant. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, let's jump on to the bad. Now, the first name that I've got on my list is Sean Lane. Uh, scores of 54 and 41. Still playing uh, quite large minutes. Hasn't really been impacted too much with the Ryan Madison inclusion, but his base is hovering around about that 40 to 45, which is what he's produced over his career. Um, JT, uh, Sean Lane, is he just someone just to clearly avoid uh, at all costs from here out? Yeah, I mean, I was an owner pretty much all of last season, and uh, this is, I believe, where he basically finished his uh, season last year out. He just wasn't getting involved. He was relying on the odd uh, trial. Big attacking stat to boost his scores. Um, so I don't see much more out of him this season than that sort of 50 to 55 range. Um, unfortunate enough because he's a good attacking player on his day. Um, but there really are just so many chefs in his kitchen now. Um, it's hard to see him getting back to where he was when he was relevant early last season. So, Andrew, just maybe just talk us through a little bit. Um, if you're looking at both sides of attack, um, which is the most appealing side uh, for you, and which side do you want to be on if you're a super coach owner? Is it the Madison or is it the the Lane side? Uh, for, me, for me, it's the Madison side because you, that's the side Mitchell Moses is on. So they're most likely going to see the most ball, and I just think that the that there's the inexperience of Brown is probably going to see him making a few mistakes or not necessarily pushing the right passes or kicks. So I think Brown, the Brown, the Moses side, sorry, with Madison is probably the more interesting from a super coach perspective. Uh, Nathan Brown, the next on the list, 47 and 32. A big drop in PPM from last year um, where he was smacking out regularly over one, but now he's down to about 0.6. Um, minutes of 57. Uh, Andrew, what's going on there? Um, I... I I find, I find it hard to understand what's going on with Nathan Brown sometimes. I don't know if it's if it's injury, it's fatigue, it's mental. I mean, and you saw what he did in the Titans game to end up with a three-game suspension. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm at a loss of words sometimes with Brown. He can put it in, put it on for 
quite a number of games and then all of a sudden just seems to, to switch off. So um, just become very inconsistent, which is surprised because he was an incredibly consistent super coach option a few years ago. So that's pretty much it that I had for the bad. One guy that I did want to mention here is is Fergo um, because if you did just, I guess, look at what he's produced so far, um, some pretty middling scores there. Uh, but if you look past that, there's zero attacking stats in base of 32. Uh, compare that to Sivo's. Uh, base stats at 25. There's a bit of, um, you know, it's, there's something there if he st- if they do start to to give him the ball, don't you think, Carlos? Yeah, absolutely. He's got his base stats have been great, and even those two years before he came to the Eels, his um, running from the back for the Roosters was fantastic. Um, I mean, that lack of attacking stats from the from him is a bit of a concern. And if you look at the both of their games, there's only one player to crack 50 in both games from the outside backs, and that was Sivo, who hit 63 with a try against the Titans. So there's not a lot of attacking stats coming for the backs at the moment. A lot of it's coming through the middle. Um, so you'd have to hope that that changes and eventually they start to swing it wide and get over the line. But um, again, he's another one in Sevo that I'd be looking at if there's a season reset, just there'll be a break-evens that are approaching 80, 85. So um, probably likely to lose some points. And I really don't want to be spending a lot of money on a center wing uh, at this stage unless it's someone like David Nofaluma who looks to be quite consistent. JT, anything to add there? No, not particularly. So you look at Ferguson's history in the game, he's really floated around that 50-point uh, mark for at least the last uh, five seasons here. So he had a big one for the Roosters in 2018 where he averaged 65. Um, but historically, he's just you know, he's had the odd big game in him. But outside of that, uh, the base is nice. But, yeah, just historically not that good a super coach player, at least not recently. Just, I think going back to what you said, Andrew, just so many options now in attack for the Eels, isn't there? So one of the players we're going to be speaking, or two of the players we're going to be speaking about in the ugly section are both backs as well. And probably no surprise that they're sitting in that position, given that we've spoken about um, the likes of Ferguson maybe coming through. Sivo um, always seems to, to score a try. And then you've got, um, you know, a, a Ryan Madison that's, um, I think he's had a, a few attacking stats, and then Sean Lane. So, uh, plenty to go around, um, and maybe that's why somebody like the someone like Clint Gutherson has not really produced yet with scores of thirty and thirty six, and he headlines our ugly um, list uh, for the Eels. Uh, Andrew, what's going on with him? He just doesn't seem to be featuring at all in attack. Yeah, and I think it goes back to part of the um, bit I was talking before about playing dummy half, and so he ended up playing a bit of dummy half in that Titans game, and we saw that at the end of 2019. It really hampered his scores. He'd end up you know, on 40-45 at halftime, and he'd end up playing, end up with 50 for the game um, because he spent 20 minutes in dummy half and all basically just shoveled the pass out to Moses or Brown or whoever else was running a hit-up. So I think he's being limited in that re- regard from, from Arthur, and it sort of takes him away from that second-phase play and backing up that he's been so good at in previously. Yeah, JT, you you were a Gutherson owner last year, weren't you? I think from memory, you brought him in the week that he played the Storm in uh, in Magic Round. Yeah, it's basically the one year anniversary of that, isn't it? I think he's basically been on a uh, downhill trajectory ever since I've done that to the poor bloke. So um, yeah, Gutho's utility value is a bit too uh, useful for him in the NRL space. Not useful in Super Coach. So uh, remains to be seen just what happens with him. But um, at that price, I'm uh, not going near. The other issue with him is that he's he's fullback only this year, which basically renders him almost useless. I mean, I can't put him in the top six fullbacks at this stage, so I can't see his ownership ever really increasing. Yeah, great points there. Um, JT, who's next on our list in, in the ugly category? 
Oh, you put me under pressure here. Uh, well, well, I don't own you expected to. You expected to be actually focusing. <laughs> I'm sitting back here just listening to All Andy. I'm looking at right now because I'm looking at you on Zoom and um, you're, you're laying on your bed yeah. in a floral shirt, um, yeah. drinking a James Bogue beer and it's um, and you're just on your phone. So um, just do something. And so I'm just sitting back listening to the uh, nonstop stats we're getting from Andrew. This is like unprecedented professionalism on this podcast. Well done. <laughs> so, so, some research has actually been done. Oh, as I said, I used to, I'm used to doing podcasts with Nick and that they were purely fact-based podcasts, so I've had to carry that on with, these one, with this one with you guys. Well, uh, well, is he worth a look? Uh, Wanga, Bla- Wanga Blake? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as an owner, I would say no. <clears throat> um, I ended up going with him um, and have slightly regretted it. He didn't look too bad in the first game. He could have nearly fallen over the line at one point but ended up on his knees about half a metre short. Um, he looked good in the preseason as well, but... There's too many other options, especially, again, if we're continuing the season, you've got Katoni Staggs, Isaiah and um, Josh Mansour, who have all had really good performances and they're probably going to have low break-evens. And with such a short season, generating cash is going to be really important. Um, I guess if you've got the likes of Will Kennedy or Callum Watkins, um, you might need someone who's got a bit of job security because you won't want to be picking players who could end up 18th man. So there might be some interest in Blake there, but um, I really can't see any strong interest in him. So I started with him as well. And if we are faced with a situation where we've, say, got four trades um, before round three, would he be one of the players that you'd be looking to trade out or or that you've, have you got other issues in your side? Um, don't have too many other issues. He would be one of the first. And I've been looking at Stags or um, probably Yeo Yeo at this stage. Um, and it's Sarko as well. Yeah, Sarko, Mansour. Um, I think there's a couple others that I can't recall off the top of my head, but those are the ones that are probably the key ones. Um, but yeah, he definitely will be. If I've got four trades, he'll absolutely probably be absolutely be one of the ones I'll be getting rid of. JT, so why did you guys land on Wonga? So Langy or Wen, and why did you go him to begin with? What caught your eye? The price, um, price, uh, the Eels starting run, and he's delivered before in Supercoach. I think particularly towards the end of last year, started to show a bit um, for the Eels, um, and just uh, I just thought he was undervalued, undervalued coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I wouldn't blame you guys for making the call or anything like that. And as Andy said, he came very close to falling across the line. But I've never seen Wonga Blake as a premium center wing option or even close to that upper tier. So if you look at his historical average again, like he had a big Black Fergo, big 2018. I think he was with Penrith at that point. Uh, but that was a 59, so he's capped out there. Uh, so even his last year, uh, he averaged a 42 across the season, um, injury affected nonetheless. But yeah, I just... I mean, I can understand from the price perspective, but are you guys like Andy holding on at all? Say if you only got two or three trades, um, given where your side's at, is he a must sell? He's not a must sell, but if I have the trades, I would like to <clears throat> like to move him on. Um, I mainly went started with him for the same reasons as when, and it was purely price. I was trying to find a way to get BJ Leilua as one of my center wings, which probably hasn't probably worked out for the better actually that I've got Blake in there at this stage but um, I just couldn't make anything else work without having another sub 400k center wing so um, now I've seen how things are going and possibility of Fafita and maybe a few other players not seeing the field uh, I might need to make a few trades and I think he'll probably be the first to go yeah just just such a lack of depth in that center wing this year particularly the cheapies um you know if you can if you can nail one of those guys between 300 to 400k or just a little bit over 400 then that's 
could go a long way to a top 100 uh, finish this year, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, people have started, as an example, with Stags and Osako, um, you know, that you've picked them them over like a, a Blake or you've got Yao, um, who some people have, have lucked onto, like Benny G jumped, jumped onto him. So, or you've got uh, Walker Blake and um, Kayla Watkins like me. So in an absolute world of hurt. So, um, yeah, but I will be looking to trade him out for sure. Um, but only if we have more than that, that two trades. I don't think you can be trading those kind of guys out if you've um, uh, if we're nothing changes in that area. Um, okay, well that's it for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we got through the eels pretty quickly. Uh, that was good work. Uh, what about from you, Andrew? Is there anything else that you kind of want to want to bring to the table from a, an eels perspective that you think people out there uh, should be across? Um, not really. I think we've covered most of it. I mean, there's a couple of fringe guys that like Oregon Kafusi who had a good preseason, but he's not even had a run in the first uh, 17, so he's not really one to look at. Um, <clears throat> then you've got Stefano Otoikamanu, who's after the Tigers next year, and he was also a bit t- uh, touted as a possible bench player this year. But again, I don't see a situation where he gets a run anytime soon. And given we've only got 20 rounds, you don't really have the time to bring in someone, say, in round five or round six to try and make some cash. So other than those two guys... Not really too much. Can we just um, rewind that for a second there? Sorry, Stefano. That was so seamless. Can you do that again? Stefano who? Stefano Otoikamanu. Sorry, stop talking, Wernon. Go ahead, Andy. Otoikamanu. <laughs> uh, oh. I hope I'm getting it correct. Well, speaking of these uh, difficult names and our ugly pronunciation on that, probably, that sounds good to me. Uh, we actually have a uh, fan of the show coming on this week at some stage who's pretty adept at getting these pronunciations right. So one of our friends, Anton Poser, for you might see on Twitter or around the site, is uh, coming on, and I'm well and truly going to get him to rattle these names off uh, just to settle them once and for all. I reckon that Utoikomanu, however the hell you just said that, was bang on. So I I hope he listens and and lets me know because um, I'm a big fan of his, and uh, if he gives me the thumbs up, I'll be pretty happy. Just want to kick a moo cow or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh, what we should do, mate, we'll just get the uh, the wiki list of all the players ever played for the Warriors, starting from uh, when they came into to the league in the mid-90s and just get Anton just roll through all the Polynesian names, just roll them, so, bam, 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 st- bam. St- Stacey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know how to fucking spell it. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we've hit the 30-minute mark, and I reckon we're pretty much good to wrap things up, JT. What do you reckon? Yeah, we are, but uh, it would be remiss of us not to allow Andy a chance to uh, send or farewell the podcast as we've given that opportunity to a few others. So, I mean, I had a question to add to the uh, Hospital Pass segment, but we ran out of questions, so might as well ask it here. But firstly, who the hell's Carlos? Uh, As in Carlos the Dwarf. Yeah, who's who is he? Yeah, so um, there's a, a incredibly uh, incredible TV show called Freaks and Geeks that was around in uh, I think around the year 2000. Uh, had some fantastic actors in it like Seth Rogen and James Franco. Speaking of geeks, and uh, yeah, <laughs> proud to be a geek, mate. Um, anyway, James Franco's character in that was um, one of the freaks, and in one episode, he ended up playing Dungeons and Dragons with the geeks. And they asked him to name his character, and he said his name was Carlos. And then the, the other guy said, "What, Carlos the Dwarf?" And he said, yeah, and that was it. So nothing exciting, but if you haven't seen Freaks and Geeks, I would highly recommend it. And that's 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 a pretty shit story. That's that's stuck. That nickname's stuck. Yeah. That's incredible. 
It's a terrible story, oh. but I mean, if JT didn't answer, ask a question, then you wouldn't know. So, <laughs> oh, we're learning more and more about you. It's it's fantastic. So, I mean, another traditional thing as well that I think JT was getting to is that we do ask the guests to you know to close out the show, and we thought with you it might be good if you could and and thinking about the Carlos the dwarf nickname, maybe if you could um, finish the podcast with singing uh, the Snow White and Seven Dwarves song "Hi Ho," I think that would be a a good way to finish the podcast if you wouldn't mind doing that for us. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I'm having some uh, mic issues <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah. We can't stop the podcast here, do it, mate? That's a, Can you? It's, no? Okay. On you. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty keen. I've, I'm pretty fine. I've got 45 minutes till I've got to pick up my son from daycare, so <laughs> I've got all afternoon. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you're not coming on ever again. What about a oh, dwarf right. voice? What about a – No, I can do it. I'll do it. I, I can do hi-ho, hi-ho if you want. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to work we go. And? I think that's plenty. That's plenty. <laughs> well done, mate. Well done. Good sport. That's all we wanted. I just wanted to tease it a bit. You know, you don't give everything away straight mm. away. You've got to build it up a yeah. bit. Yeah. Yes. Well, you've been dominated by um, Joseph and now you've uh, Junior and now you've just dominated me. So, well done. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping it's not Joseph and Junior. So, just one of them will do. <laughs> Double Jeez, try. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> Uh, I'd go Liz just quietly. <laughs> anyway. I'm not sure anyone really wanted to know, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, good one. Very good. Um, thank you for both for joining us on this public holiday in uh, in Brisbane. Uh, not so much for you, Andrew, but uh, um, that is it. We're going to be back next with, um, as what JT was talking about, with the Warriors preview. And also, hopefully, we'll um, hear some news about the, the changes to the Supercoach game, which we'll be able to, to bring to you all as well after Sangster and the boys have made that loud and clear um, throughout this week. We're thinking that it's going to drop. So until then, uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll speak to you all soon.